Good day, ladies and gentlemen. There was recently a dubia released within the last few days about the question of whether or not transgender individuals um, or others afflicted with similar things can be baptized as adults, of course, or with reason because transgenderism, of course, is not found in infants. So it's, it's clearly going to be something that is later on. Uh, and whether or not uh, homosexual persons or transgender persons can be the witnesses of weddings. Um, and this has been responded to by the DDF, the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. And um, we're going to go through this sort of line by line, looking at the letter, looking at what canon law says, looking at what heresy is, and we're going to decide, well, well, we'll have some information to, to let you decide about what you think. Um, but I want to be clear that I'm being surgical with this. Um, I'm not being emotional. I've looked at this. Usually I don't make notes. I even made myself notes here, you can see, uh, because I usually just wing it. I'm not winging it here. I've got all the checks and balances and receipts and these sorts of things. So I want to make sure I don't go on too many tangents. Okay. So what happened? Well, as I said, there was a letter released that seems to insinuate that baptizing those who are living as transgenders is possible. And again, it's a Trojan horse thing. It's a yes and no. It's a maybe heresy, maybe not heresy thing. We're going to go through why. So let's look at the letter. Now, right here, I have the, the actual Italian letter. Um, and the reason I have that is because we're not going to read the, the whole thing, uh, but there is an English translation and it's good. I, I think it's fine. But we want to avoid people saying, you know, you've, you've done the wrong translation. I want to go right to the horse's mouth. This is the language it was written in, so let's get to it. So after the preamble, answers the question. So number one, un transessuale può essere battezzato. Can a transgen transsexual, is the term they used, person, be baptized? It says, un transessuale, che si fosse anche sottoposto a trattamento ormonale e ad intervento chirurgico di riattribuzione di sesso può ricevere il battesimo. So, yes, a transsexual person who has been through the treatments or the surgeries, the hormonal things or the or the or the, the surgical interventions, può ricevere right here il battesimo, can receive baptism. But it says al medesime condizione degli altri fedeli, se non vi sono situazioni in cui c'è il rischio di gener generare pubblico scandalo o disorientamento nei fedeli. So, under the same conditions as the normal faithful, and uh, only when there is no risk um, of a generating a public scandal and a disorientation of the faithful. Well, if we could be honest there, I don't know how it's possible to baptize an adult, at least publicly, without there being a public scandal, for many reasons, which we'll go into later. It says, Nel caso dei bimbini, Bambini, sorry, of little children or adolescenti con problematiche di natura transessuale, se ben preparati e disposti, questi possono ricevere il battesimo. So, in the case of young children or adolescents with problems of this nature, um, if they're well prepared and disposed, they can receive baptism as well. Let's make a note on well disposed because this is where the problem is going to come into later, where we're going to talk about the question of heresy. Uh, nel contempo occorre uh, considerare quanto segue, specialmente quando vi sono dei dubbi sulla situazione morale oggettiva in cui si trova una persona oppure sulle sue disposizioni soggettive verso la grazia. So, this is getting into now 
what about um, sort of at the same time, um, we must consider, um, especially when uh, there are doubts about the situ- the moral, objective moral situation of this person um, and their um, disposition towards receiving grace. And this is why, if I could just uh, put this away here for a second, this is why this is a Trojan horse document because you need to see what's happening here. The first question is, can a person of any of these afflictions receive the sacrament of baptism? Yes, objectively speaking, any person can receive, any human being can receive baptism as a sacrament. Uh, Let's take the case of hormonal things with transgenderism. Well, it could be that a man who is totally roided out to the gills, a big juice monkey, he's also completely messed up his hormones. He's going to be taking needles and balancing his hormones for the rest of his very short life after all that abuse of his uh, systems. Um, But yes, he can be baptized. He can be training for Mr. Olympia and receive baptism. Um, That's technically possible. So it's not a matter of the medical aspect of the person, the physical health of the person. Of course, any human made in the image and likeness of God can receive baptism. But what the document's going to do now is it's going to transition to basically, well, what if the person can't Basically, what he's implying is the person cannot essentially uh, profess the Catholic faith or have true repentance. And he's implying that people living in that state, well, would have a difficulty doing that, of course, because as we'll see later, it's pretty much impossible to say that a person who's living as transgender isn't denying a divine article of faith, which is a real big problem. And we'll look at canon law for that. Um, But just keep that in mind because we're going to go into that spot right here. So It says, um, nel caso del battesimo, la Chiesa insegna che quando il sacramento viene ricevuto senza il pentimento per i peccati gravi. So, in the case of baptism, the church teaches that when the sacrament is received without penitence for mortal sins, grave sins, il soggetto non riceve la grazia santificante, sebbene riceve il carattere sacramentale. So, the person does not receive sanctifying grace even if they receive the character, the sacramental character. And it goes on to cite the catechism about the validity of baptism. And it says, Questa configurazione a Cristo e alla Chiesa realizzata dello, de, uh, dallo Spirito è indelebile. Uh, so when you are baptized, this is an indelible mark on the soul. Essa rimane per sempre nel cristiano come disposizione positiva alla grazia. This is always on your soul with a disposition towards grace. Uh, come promessa garanzia della protezione divina e come vocazione al culto divino al, e al servizio della Chiesa. So this makes you a member of the church and so on and so forth. And you can read this in uh, paragraph 1121 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the, the recent catechism. He goes on to add St. Thomas and he says, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, San Tommaso d'Aquino insegnava, so St. Thomas Aquinas taught, infatti, che quando l'impedimento alla grazia scompare, in qualcuno che ha ricevuto il battesimo senza le giuste disposizioni. So even if someone goes towards baptism and they're not in the right disposition, which we'll see is, is, is a problem with canon law, il carattere stesso è una causa immediata che dispone ad accogliere la grazia. So no matter the disposition, if someone receives a Trinitarian baptism, they are baptized. Uh, Sant'Agostino di Ipona, so St. Augustine of Hippo, Richiamava questa situazione dicendo che, anche se l'uomo cade nel peccato, so even if man falls into sin, Christe, Cristo 
non distrugge il carattere ricevuto de, da questi nel battesimo e cerca il peccatore. So even when someone falls into mortal sin after they've been baptized, Christ does not abandon them or destroy the character in their soul, but he goes after them. This is, this is uh, you know, uh, an example of the, the, the pastor going after the one sheep and leaving the 99. Nel quale è impresso questo carattere che lo identifica come sua proprietà. Because someone who was baptized This person is the property of Christ. Now, these things are all true. Um, and so let's break that down for a second. What this is saying is a person who's validly baptized is validly baptized. There's no question about that. And this is why this document is a bit of a Trojan horse. The question was, can persons be baptized when they're living as transgenders? Objectively speaking, All persons can be baptized, no matter how they're living, in the sense that they receive a valid baptism. So on the one hand, this document's totally fine, but what it's implying is the real problem. As I said, it is a Trojan horse document. For example, um, a Protestant, someone baptized into Protestantism, is baptized validly if it's done in the right way. Uh, and that is either accepted or not accepted when they seek entrance into the Catholic Church, depending on the formula. And often there is a conditional baptism if they're not sure of how it was done. But that doesn't mean that the person, well, but they're still a heretic and a heretic is still going to be lost. You see the problem here? So yes, anyone can be baptized validly. You could Baptize a stranger in your bathtub with the Trinitarian formula, technically speaking. But there's a reason, the reason why the church has always been so clear on the necessity to be, have good disposition when being officially baptized into the church in an obvious sense is because the more culp you have more culpability on your salvation or damnation, depending on why you're doing something. This is why you're not supposed to receive Holy Communion in a state of mortal sin. St. Paul tells us in the scriptures, I can't remember where, but you, you, you drink your condemnation. You consume your condemnation when you receive the Holy Sacrament of the Eucharist in mortal sin uh, because you're doing so with knowledge that you are a dead member of the church, but you are seeking communion with Christ uh, in that way. Okay, the letter continues. Um, and he goes on to quote Pope Francis here. Così possiamo comprendere perché Papa Francesco ha voluto sottolineare che il battesimo. So this is why Pope Francis wants to underscore um, baptism, battesimo, è la porta che permette a Cristo Signore di stabilirsi nella, nella nostra persona e a noi di immergerci, e immergerci nel suo mistero. So baptism is the door that permits Christ to establish for us to be established in Christ, for Christ to establish himself in us, to emerge ourselves in um, under his service, under his leadership. Questa implica concretamente che, and this is Pope Francis again, nemmeno le porte dei sacramenti si dov dovrebbero chiudere per una ragione qualsiasi. So, he's, he's using Pope Francis' words to say, um, the doors of the sacraments um, the question of whether or not they should be closed for a reason of this. And he says, Questo vale soprattutto quando si tratta di quel sacramento che è la porta. So this is especially important when it comes to the sacrament that is the door, which is baptism. 
La chiesa non è una dogana. So the church is not customs. It's in the customs, you know, where you, you, you have your goods and services and taxes and things when you bring things into a country. E la cosa paterna dove c'è posto per ciascuno con la sua vita faticosa. So it is the place where someone, um, it, it, is, it is the paternal house where there is room for people, anyone really, um, in this you know, ter- ter- uh, troubling life we live. This is all true. This is all true. There should be no impediments to baptism in the general sense of so-and-so is from the other side of the tracks. They shouldn't be not allowed to be baptized. You know, so-and-so has a bad past. I mean, this is very Mary, Mary Magdalene. This is very, this is clear. This is obviously, we accept all these things as Christians, but you have to remember the context. These are persons who are presenting themselves who, as we will see, probably are her- heretical in their beliefs, which is a major problem according to canon law and tradition. Okay. Um, continues. Allora, anche quando rimangono dei dubbi circa la situazione morale. So when there are still questions remaining about the moral situation, uh, di una persona oppure sulle sue soggettive disposizioni nei confronti della grazia. Um, basically, when, when, we're, when we're worried that this person is um, subjectively not disposed to grace because they're not believing correctly, they're not formed properly because of the way they're living. Non si deve mai dimenticare questo aspetto della fedeltà dell'amore incon- uh, incondizionato di Dio. So we must not forget basically about this faithful, unconditional love of God. No one's forgetting about that. That's, that's again, this is a Trojan horse. Capace di generare anche col peccatore una alleanza Irro, irrevo, uh, irrevocabile. So, who is capable of, of even with the sinner, of making an irro, irrevocable alliance. No one denies that. Sempre aperta ad uno sviluppo altresi imprevedibile. Um, always open to some sort of development that is going to, you know, bring the person home, essentially. Ciò vale persino quando le, uh, nel penitente non appare in modo pienamente manifesto un proposito di emendamento, uh, emendamento. So, um, talking here about if the person doesn't appear to have an amendment of life, manifesting this amendment of life, perché speso la uh, prevedibilità di una nuova caduta non pregiudica l'autentic, l'autenticità del proposito. So, just because someone might fall doesn't mean that they're going to not have uh, the right intention, essentially. That's, that's kind of the loose translation. In ogni caso, la Chiesa dovrà sempre richiamare vivere uh, pienamente tutte le implicazioni del battesimo ricevuto, che va sempre compreso e despiegato all'interno del, uh, dell'intero cammino dell'iniziazione cristiana. So basically, the Church has to call all those back to live their baptismal vows, blah, 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 blah. Okay, again, this is true. But the problem here is that they're dealing with this as if this, like, let's put it this way. They're putting this in the context of, doesn't matter who the person is. If they're a grave sinner, they can still be baptized and Christ can call them back. No one denies that. If someone has a problem with drugs or adultery or pornography or whatever, but feels called to be baptized, that's fine. They can be baptized. And if they fall... Well, they just go to confession like everybody else. And this is a, a lifelong journey. No one's denying that. 
But this is not a normal sin. And what I mean by that is, this is not just someone has a proclivity towards doing something that is a sin. This is someone who has a proclivity towards living in a way that is in contradiction with revealed truth. And that is where the question of heresy comes in. So we have to ask ourselves, is this opening the door for someone who is manifesting through their life a complete denial of the most, some of the most important and fundamental aspects of the Holy Scriptures, which is a major problem? Let's continue. Um, the next one, this is maybe even more problematic. Un transessuale può essere padrino o madri del battesimo. So can a transgender person be a godfather or godmother? Well, right there. <laughs> no. Godfather, godmother. Godfather, godmother. If a man identifies as a woman, he's a godfather. Will he present himself as? So if he presents himself as godmother, it's a lie. He can't be the godparent in that sense because he can't tell the truth. When you when you are there doing the baptism sponsorship of the child, you have to attest to the Catholic faith. I was just a, you know, I have three godchildren at this point and we were just last weekend, my wife and I godparents to our children or our friend's ch uh, child. And uh we have to attest to the faith, you know, and we're godmother and godfather. <laughs> okay. Anyway, It says, uh, determinan, uh, determinate condiciones. So with certain conditions, si può ammettere il compito di padrino e madrina un transessuale adulto che si fosse anche sottoposto a trattamento hormonale. So, blah, 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 blah. Under certain conditions, yes, someone who's going through the transition hormonally, surgically, whatever. Non constitu uh, constituendo, constituendo però tale compito un diritto. But it's not a right, he says. So he says, under certain conditions, it can happen, but we have to remember it's not a right. La prudenza, oh, prudence, nuance and prudence. La prudenza pastorale esige che esso non venga uh, consentito qualora uh, si verificasse pericolo di scandalo. So again, pastoral prudence, avoiding scandal, etc. Uh, di endebite legittimazione o di un disorientamento in ambito educativo della comunità ecclesiale. So this is, this is extremely egregious and here's why. What this is saying is, under certain conditions, and I guess, again, hypothetically, uh, someone who has received the surgery, someone who has gone the hormones, but then decides not to live as that transgender identity and just sort of live as what they were born as, that person, even though they've got some irreparable damage done to themselves, that person is right with their identity. So in that case, no one's going to argue that. But what's, what's really sad here, really, is... It talks about as long as there's no scandal or disorder for the Christian, the, the church community. Well, hold on a second. What is baptism for? Is baptism for the church community or is it for, or sorry, is being a godparent for the church community or is being a godparent for the child? And if it's for the child, why? Godparents make a vow, a promise, a pledge to ensure that the child is raised as a Catholic. So right away, if someone is living in a way that is in contradiction to the Holy Scriptures, which we'll see and talk about, and canon law has something to say on this, 
then this alone should exclude this person. So again, this is a classic Francis document. On the one hand, it's saying things that are completely true, but what is implied, the way that those thoughts are organized is that things that are not possible are possible. And herein lies the problem. Let's look at the last couple. The rest of the, the document is actually pretty simple. Uh, can a transsexual be a uh, witness at a marriage? The answer is yes, because there's nothing in canon law that says they can't. That's probably true. Um, number four, this one actually is 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 a problem. Due persone omoaffettiva possono figurare come genitori di un bambino che deve essere battezzato e che fu dotato o ottenuto con gli altri metodi come l'utero in affitto. So basically, can someone who is a, 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 a homosexual child, sorry, homosexual couple, can they have their child baptized if they receive their child from adoption or from, um, uh, it says, utero uh, what's that mean? Rental of the womb, surrogacy, surrogacy. Uh, it says, Perché il bambino venga battezzato ci deve essere la fondata speranza che sarà educato nella regione cattolica. So the answer that he gives there is, he didn't even give an answer. He just says, the, a baby who's baptized has to be baptized in a situation where there's hope that the child will be raised in the Catholic religion. So there is, so this document is not giving explicitly. We have to be clear here because we can't straw man this. This document is not giving explicit permission for that to happen. What the document is doing is saying, this is the these are the stipulations for a child to be baptized. It's not a, it, this document doesn't contain in that sense a positive heresy. If we're just being strict, surgical, letter of the law. What the document should say is, because of these reasons, they can't be in that situation because... It's impossible. Now, there is always the hypothetical. It could be that uh, uh, Jimmy and Johnny decide that they're going to live chaste. And this does happen. Courage International has worked with individuals with these proclivities and they've had wonderful success and God bless them for it. It could be that in this situation, so-and-so and so-and-so -so decide to live chaste, living as brother and sister, blah, blah, blah. But even there, if there's any, if there's any insinuation that they're living as a couple per se, then they're living in contradiction to the Catholic faith. There's no possible way they can be raised as faithful Catholics all the way through. It's just not a thing. There should be a, con there should be a condemnation in this document saying, this situation is impossible. This is a tragedy. Those parents should be called to repentance, to live apart. And um, you know, the child should be given to a home with, with two, two parents or something, a mother and a father. Anyway. The children are forgotten in this thing. That's the thing that's so sad about this. And it says, can a homosexual person um, be a godparent? And it says, a norma del canon law 74, blah, blah, blah. Può essere padrino o madrina che no possegga l'attitudine e conduce una vita conforme alla fede all'incarico che assume. So basically, it's just saying this is what canon law says about being baptized. And they have to conform to the way the church expects. Diverso è il caso in cui la convivenza di due persone omeofattiva consiste non in una semplice coabitazione, bensì in una stabile e dichiarata relazione more uxorio. So this is saying, if this is basically saying, if the couple lives in a way that is just 
they have the person happens to be a homosexual uh but is not practicing that person can be a godparent that is obviously easy to understand how that's true on the other hand he's saying if they live in a relationship that is explicitly homosexual in its expression then then that's a problem so you got to think i mean you got to go back to the question before that well that should be said as far as can the person baptize the kid because anyway um goes on with more blah 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 una persona omaf as is number 6 una persona homoaffettiva e che convive può essere testimone uh, essere testimone di un matrimonio so can a person who's homosexual be a witness of a wedding it says non c'è nulla nella vigente legalizzazione canonica universale che proibisca uh, proibisca proibisca excuse me ad una persona omoaffettiva e che convive di essere testimone uh, testimone di un matrimonio so Nothing in canon law precludes this. And again, that's probably not very controversial because I think it's just, I don't even know if the person witnessing the wedding has to be Catholic. I'm not sure about that, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Okay. So what do we learn so far? Well, the document is a Trojan horse because on the one hand, it says church teaching. On the other hand, it leaves the door open to working against it. But let's go into whether or not it's even possible. The, the, the most egregious thing here, in my opinion, as far as like a smoking gun, we can look to whether or not there could be heresy in this is about the transgendered person being baptized. The couple uh, with the child, and again, the document did not say homosexual couples can baptize their kids. It just laid out the stipulations, but the answer is implied in the way it's put out. We all know that. But the most important thing though, in my opinion, is the transgender baptism thing. And, and I'll show you why. So let's look uh, uh, at uh, these codes of canon law, though, first. So here is the 1917 code. And this is for uh, being a godparent. It says, in order that one be licitly admitted as sponsor, he ought to have attained the age of 14, not to be excommunicated because of a notorious delict or excluded from legitimate acts or infamous by infamy of law, although not without a sentence or to be interdict, um, interdiction or otherwise publicly a criminal or infamous by infamy of fact, to know the rudiments of the faith. So that's an important thing. Not to be a novice, not to be constituted in sacred orders. And another canon. Uh, it is for sponsors, having taken up their duties to regard as a spiritual son the one committed to them and in those things that look to Christian upbringing to take diligent care that he acts thro throughout life in the way that they promised him to be in the future by solemn ceremony. So that's what the old code of canon law says. And I think if I'm being honest about the document, the document, well, actually, let's just bring it up again here so I don't you know, say these wrongly. Um. It's saying basically if someone is just living as a homosexual, sort of that's just how they feel and how they are, can that person be a a godparent well, as long as they're just living as a chaste person? There's no there's no impediment based on psychological disposition about sexual attraction. But he does say it's different in the case of uh, those who are practicing. But it does say, in ogni caso, la debita prudenza pastorale esige che ogni situazione sia saggiamente ponderata. So this is the interesting thing. He does mention that, well, it's different in the case of, of, of living openly as homosexuals. And he should just say, therefore, it's impossible. 
But he goes on to say, in ogni caso, la debita prudenza pastorale esige che ogni situazione sia esagemento ponderato. So in both cases, um, it should be, there should be a consideration by the pastor. Che è ben prezioso da tutelare poiché necessario per la salvezza. So basically, think of the salvation of souls, which is ironic because everyone goes to heaven in the new church. So anyway. Um, and he goes on, nel stesso tempo occorre considerare il valore reale che la comunità ecclesiale conferisce ai compiti di parlare. So think about the Christian community, the role what this has in, uh, in the community and the consideration of their demonstration and the teachings of the church. So basically, he's leaving the door open here. On the one hand, he says, it seems that he's saying it's not possible for the person to do this because it's different when they're living in an open homosexual relationship. But on the other hand, he says, but also consider it and see what you think and think about all these things and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he says, infine, è da, uh, è da tenere in conto anche la possibilità che vi sia un'altra persona della cerchia familiare a farsi garante la, uh, della corretta trasmissione. <laughs> so they said, well, maybe think about somebody else who can, in the family or the family circles, who can transmit the faith to the baptized. Sapendo che si può comunque assistere uh, il battezzando durante il rito. This is, yeah. This is pretty crazy. He's saying if there's somebody in the family circles, maybe they can help the people who are the godparents raise the kids. So again, this is an implicit this is an implicit admission. This is bad. This is an implicit admission that yeah, I mean, you know, it's you can't really have open homosexuals uh who are living in a relationship be godparents because obviously they're living contrary to the faith. But if there's somebody around, maybe that person can help them. That's really messed up. Again, essentially what's being said here is maybe it's possible to go against, as we'll take up this canon law here again, the Pio Benedictine Code. It says it is for the sponsors having taken up their duties to regard us. So it is for the sponsors to do this. This is what the old canon law said. And let's look at what the new one said. So we're so canon law in the old sense is saying it's for the sponsors. The new one, it says, be a Catholic who is con being confirmed and has already received the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist and who leads a life of faith in keeping with the function to be taken on. So even the new code of canon law is saying for someone to be baptized, be a sponsor in baptism, a godparent, they have to be confirmed they have to have already received the Most Holy Sacrament of the Eucharist, and they have to lead a life in keeping with the function to be taken on. So they have to lead a life that says to the, says to the church that they're going to help raise the kid Catholic. Whereas Smucci Fernandez seems to be implying something like, well, maybe there's people around who can help them. Well, this is not, this is not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. So is this heresy? Well, let's look here at um, Father Hardin. This is from the uh, Catholic Dictionary of Father Hardin. He says, In the Roman Catholic Church, heresy has a very specific meaning, defined by canon law, which states that anyone who, after receiving baptism, while remaining nominally a Christian, pertinaciously denies or doubts any of the truths which must be believed with divine and Catholic faith, is a heretic. Accordingly, four elements must be verified to constitute formal heresy. But let's just quickly there. So, 
anyone who after receiving baptism while remaining nominally a Christian, so these couples that would be doing this would be remaining nominally a Christian, pertinaciously denies or doubts any of the truths which must be believed by with divine and Catholic faith as a heretic. Can anyone deny? Can anyone deny that someone living? Can anyone deny that someone living as a make this whatever? Can anyone deny that somebody living as a in a homosexual relationship is not a heretic? I mean, it's at least exteriorly the manifestation of what is likely heresy. I mean, it, this it, this is why this response this this is unacceptable. This response continues. Accordingly, four elements must be verified to constitute formal heresy, previous valid baptism, which need not have been in the Catholic Church. So you can be a heretic if you're Protestant. Some people say, well, that's not the same thing. What is? Um, external profession of still being a Christian. So these people are presenting themselves anyway. Otherwise, a person becomes an apostate. Outright denial or positive doubt regarding a truth which the Catholic Church has actually proposed as revealed by God. This is going to come into play when we look at the transgender thing quickly, because look at here, external profession, sorry, outright denial or positive doubt. So not even just outright denial, positive doubt. So if someone's living in a relationship that is against the church's teaching, how can we say there is not positive doubt on Catholic teaching? This includes divorce and remarried receiving Holy Communion. How can, we, how can we say that there is not positive doubt? I mean, it's psychologically impossible to say that the person does not have positive doubt of a teaching. Like that's, you got to be out of your mind to say otherwise. Um, the disbelief must be morally culpable where a nominal Christian refuses to accept what he knows is a doctrinal imperative. Okay. Objectively, therefore, to become a heretic in a strict canonical sense and be excommunicated from the faithful, one must deny or question a truth which is taught not merely on the authority of the church, but on the word of God revealed in the sacred scriptures or sacred tradition. That is the kicker. Subjectively, a person must recognize his obligation to believe. There we go. If he acts in good faith, as is the case with most persons brought up in non-Catholic surroundings, the heresy is only material and implies neither guilt nor sin against faith, though it precludes actual membership in the church. So here we go. Let's just break this down here. This is, this is, this is the whoopsie daisy. This is the money line here. Couple things. Positive doubt. We've covered that. How can someone? How can someone being a godparent in a union like that not express positive doubt in church teaching? How can someone who is presenting themselves for baptism as a as a transgender and not a repentant transgender but somebody who's just living that way and just that's who they are how can someone presenting themselves as godparent as a transgender person not be in positive doubt of revealed teaching of uh it says of not just the authority of the church not merely on the authority but on the word of god revealed in sacred tradition in the scriptures what would that be what does it say in the beginning of Genesis? Male and female, he created them. This is obvious. 
This is not only a denial of the explicit plain sense of scripture to live like this and to present yourself as a godparent or to be baptized. This is also essentially a denial of the entire philosophical tradition of the church, which is clear that we are at least bipartite, if not tripartite. What does that mean? Bipartite, body and soul, body, soul composite. The soul is the form of the body. You have a soul, you are a male, your soul is not female. It cannot be that God made a mistake. It cannot be that you have you're a man trapped in a woman's body. This is impossible, according to scripture and sound philosophy. It's impossible. It's not possible. Again, the person can have a proclivity where they sincerely believe that, but it is against Catholic teaching. So that person needs to be helped and dealt with as any person with, with compassion would deal with anybody. But it is impossible for that person to present themselves as if they're not living in contravention to revealed truth, which according to Father Hardin, if they're a Catholic, makes them uh, a heretic. And it's important at the bottom, it says about non-Catholics, um, if they're brought up in non-Catholic surroundings, they're material heretics. So you know they, they, they haven't rejected the Catholic faith because they haven't been taught it. That's fine. But it precludes membership in the church. So even someone who's baptized as a Protestant with a valid baptism, if they, uh, if they uh, believe a heresy, even if they don't know it's a heresy, according to, to the Catholic Church, they can't be admitted to the Catholic Church unless they work that out. So again, can any person be baptized? Of course, any person can be baptized. But if you're of the age of reason, if you're a heretic, you can't be admitted membership to the church according to Father Hardin, which is one of the most authoritative and respected Catholic resources out there. And according to the um, Code of Canon Law, the person has to be living in a way that is consistent with Catholicism, be a godparent. It's not enough, as Smoochie Fernandez says, to just have um, someone help them, you know, be godparents or something. That's not how it works. There's a particular role the godparent has. This document is at least adjacent to heresy. Or I should say, this document contains in it things that are at least permissive of a heretical disposition. And herein lies the danger of neo-modernism. Modernism, in the old sense, is heresy outright. A modernist is a modernist, you can identify them. A neo-modernist is someone, neo-modernism is a, modernism is a heresy, neo-modernism is a heresy of suggestion, or is suggestive of heresy. Because what this is suggesting is that, well, you could, and he's not saying explicitly because to, Cardinal Fernandez is a very cunning neo-modernist is what he is. So is Pope Francis, very cunning neo-modernist where he's not officially crossing a line to the point where we can say, ha smoking gun. And this is what the Pope's planner types are going to do. They're going to say people like me are blah, 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 bad because we're meanie poo-poo heads and we're saying there's heresy when look, he didn't technically say that or whatever. But what this is doing is this is saying the church teaches X 
Okay, fine. So maybe consider Y and Z. But what he's saying to consider isn't in conformity with church teaching. So this is coming from the DDF. And we'll talk about that just quickly in a second. And this is going to be accepted as authoritative. And therefore, people are going to point to this. And what you will see is a flood of this nonsense. And those who are being baptized as transgenders are living as heretics, at least in their belief about male and female, unless they repent of it, which I hope they all do. Hope we all, I hope we all repent of all our sins. And those who are living in homosexual relationships as godparents are living in contradiction to the faith and deny at least, as it said, let's bring it up again so I don't make a mistake here. Where is it? Bring it up here. Um, they're living, where is it? Oh, they have outright denial or positive doubt. So they're presenting at least positive doubt of the Catholic faith. This is clear. This is obvious. Everyone in these situations is presenting at least positive doubt. And that person, according to canon law laid out here by Father Hardin, constitutes part of heresy. We cannot admit heretics to baptism in the church. If someone is validly baptized as a Protestant, they have to drop their heresies before they enter. This is basic. Last thing I want to talk about here is the, the idea that this comes from the DDF, Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. So obviously when things like this happen, people are going to raise questions about the indefectibility of the church, uh, Pope Francis being not the Pope, state of contest. I'm not going to go into all that. I'm just going to say this. Historically in the church, you have varying levels of authority with the different congregations. And these are you, too much to go into here, but you can find these. I'll give you one example. So we've had the Holy Office of the Inquisition, which became the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. The Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith is not infallible, um, but it works like this. Basically, that which is promulgated from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith is to be believed by Catholics. And if there is any reason for uh, a problem, then essentially the recourse is to be taken in the proper channels in a private way. And obviously many things from the congregation could be infallible if they're just reiterating infallible teaching. Then there were things, for example, commissions. So the Pontifical Biblical Commission was not a congregation, but it was established by Pope Leo XIII and used heavily by Pope Pius X. And they released various documents on how you're supposed to interpret scripture in order to combat the modernists. And it was clear in the way that the congregation or the commission of the pontifical, the pontifical commission, pontifical biblical commission, the way it was created, it was clear that it was not a congregation, but it was clear that if there was anyone who denied it, they had to, if they denied it privately, that was fine. If they had grave reason, then they had to seek recourse at privately to the church. So even though it wasn't infallible, uh, it was de facto what the church expected everyone to teach and believe. And if there were grave reasons, then those could be discussed, but it had to be private. A dicastery is a different type of thing. So we have these congregations, we have these commissions, and we have the uh, dicasteries, and we have academies. So you have, for example, the Pontifical Academy of Sciences. The Pontifical Academy of Sciences is, is literally as doctrinal as a 
as a TikTok video. Literally nothing from there matters. People will point to that. Look, Evolution, Pontifical Academy of Sciences. People are on the Pontifical Academy of Sciences that are not even Catholics, like Stephen Hawking. So it's a joke. There's a Historically, there's been a purpose to it, but it's, a, it's not a doctrinal organ of the church. When it comes to this dicastery, this is where something very fascinating is happening is because it, if I was a betting man, I would say God has allowed this to happen and the dicaster, it's been downgraded from a congregation to a dicastery, so the level of authority is probably even less. That's my opinion. So people are wondering, how is it possible that this could be happening under the Pope? Doesn't this mean the church is indefectible? How can you not be a state of a contest? Blah, 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 blah. It does seem to me that the downgrading of the congregation to a dicastery is actually kind of providential because as time will tell, uh, you know, we will see how these documents ultimately can be dispensed with. That's my opinion. Okay. As always, let me know what you think in the comments. This has been the Kennedy Report. Until next time, God bless.